G'day, Troy Dean from WP Elevation, and welcome to episode 62 of the WP Elevation podcast. Our feature guest this week comes to us all the way from Tempe, Arizona, Greg Taylor from Marketing Press. Now, I was in Arizona recently hanging out with our Infusionsoft consultant, Rich Thurman, and I was talking to Rich about uh, the, we, we kind of were riffing on the fact that we think the most valuable person in the online digital ecosystem at the moment, and specifically the WordPress ecosystem, is a developer who understands marketing or a marketing person who has some development chops. And it's interesting because Greg Taylor describes himself as a marketing developer. It's the first time I've heard someone use that, uh, that terminology. Maybe I'm just a little bit behind. I don't know. It's possible. Tell me if I am. Maybe there's a new word, a marketing developer, a a mark of a, 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 a develop. I don't know. I'll have to wait. Make one up. Marketing developer. I'll have to work on that one. Anyway, it's a fascinating episode. Uh, Greg is he's a proud WordPress developer, but focuses on goal orientated marketing strategies for his clients. Some of his clients include Jay Bear and the Convince and Convert blog, which the Content Marketing Institute rank as the number one content marketing blog in the world. Uh, he's also partnered with Jay on the new marketing podcast search engine, which is built on WordPress. There's lots of cool stuff to learn in this episode. Plus, we are giving away, well, more importantly, um, Greg, I should say, is giving away a copy of Jay Bear's new book called Utility. Hang on, no, he's not, sorry. He's giving away a copy of The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell, who who um, Greg has actually met a few times and, and hung out with and spoken about the book. So he is giving away a copy of uh, the Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell, and Greg's actually going to write a note in the front of that book for you and send it to you from his office in Tempe, Arizona. So stick around for details on how you can learn that. Stay with us. Let's elevate. This is the WP Elevation Podcast, helping WordPress consultants elevate. This episode of the WP Elevation Podcast is brought to you by Video User Manuals, the only, the original, the best way to teach your clients how to use WordPress. Of course, you know all about it by now. It puts over 70 video tutorials in your client's WordPress dashboard to teach them how to use WordPress as an editor to manage all of their content. We don't teach them how to install plugins and mess around with their theme, of course, because that's your job as a consultant to guide them through that and help them make those decisions. But we teach them how to manage all their content using the WordPress editor uh, functionality. We teach them how to use WP SEO by Yoast, which of course you should be installing with every uh, website. We teach them how to use WooCommerce so that if you, uh, if they, if they have got e-commerce, uh, we'll teach them how to use the store. We teach them how to use Google Analytics, courtesy of Justin Catroni's fabulous videos. Who is he? Is the analytics advocate at Google? So we teach them how to set up and uh, read their analytics reports courtesy of Justin's videos. You can rebrand it, put your own logo on it, add your own custom videos, hide individual videos, hide entire sections of videos, customize it until your heart's content. And then you can save your settings the way you like it set up. And with one click, you can install it on future sites uh, without having to go through and rebrand it and set it all up again. It really is a fabulous plugin. It's been around since 2008. We make it here, it's ours. Uh, you can get it for $1 for your first month, which is just ridiculous. And you can also use some short codes to embed all of our videos in your membership website. So you can start selling access to a membership website and have all of our videos embedded in your in your membership website. It's pretty cool. Get it at videousermanuals.com or just go to wpelevation.com slash V-U-M and check out the little video that my wife and I made. <laughs> it's pretty funny, she's pretending to be a client and I'm pretending to hand over the website and show her how to use the videos. It's pretty cool. 
Uh, anyway, elevation tip of the week this week because Greg Taylor is so focused on goal-orientated marketing strategies for his clients. Here's a thing. If you're talking to a new client about a website and they start you know, talking about their Google Analytics and how they you know, read their analytics reports, just here's the here's the number one the number one thing you can uh, the number one question you can ask them, which will usually stop them in their tracks. Do you have goals set up in Google Analytics, and are your goal conversion rates informing your content strategy moving forward? Because most website owners do not have goals set up, and if they do, they're not looking at them. And if they are looking at them, they're not changing or amending their content strategy to increase those conversion rates. But most people don't even have goals set up. So if you just want to Put a handbrake on the whole thing and say, do you have Google Analytics goals set up in Google Analytics? No? Well, you should. Now, all of a sudden, you're not just an average web developer. You're talking to them about making a positive impact on their business. That's a great way to differentiate yourself. So that's my elevation tip this week. Uh, um, Greg Taylor is from Marketing Press. He's based in Tempe, Arizona. He is a WordPress developer. He's a marketing developer is what he calls himself. And he focuses on goal-orientated marketing strategies for his clients. I really like a lot of what uh, Greg has got to say. And also, he shot this amazing time-lapse footage of the podcast from his, uh, his office, which we will post underneath this. So the, underneath this video, if you're listening to this, you should get over to wpelevation.com slash Greg Taylor and check out this video and the video that Greg made of, uh, of the podcast as well. Hey, without further ado, let's go and meet Greg Taylor. G'day, Troy Dean here from WP Elevation, and I'm very pleased to have with me all the way from Tempe, Arizona, from Marketing Press Drinking Red Bull, it's Greg Taylor. <laughs> How are you, man? Good, I'm good. Thanks for having me. You forgot this was a video podcast, didn't you? And I just I busted you drinking an energy drink. <laughs> actually, actually, I didn't because I went and got a haircut and a shave today specifically. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. So. Awesome. I love it. So what time is it there right now? It's like mid-afternoon, yeah? Yeah, it's 4.15 okay. p.m. So fair enough. You're allowed to have a Red Bull at 4.15 in the afternoon. Yeah, That's thank okay. You. Thank you. Uh, I've got, it's 10.15 in the morning, so I'm drinking coffee, oh, which is okay. kind of like the nice. morning version of a Red Bull, right? Yeah, sort of. <laughs> Um, hey, Greg, this um, uh, episode, Greg has very kindly offered to give away a copy of a book that he didn't write called Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell. Um, Greg's going to actually write a little inscription in the front of this book and send it to you from his office. So stick around for details a little bit later on on how you can enter that competition. Greg Taylor from Marketing Press. Before we start goofing off about all things marketing and WordPress, when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Wow. So uh, the first thing I wanted to be was shortstop for the New York Yankees. Oh, so cool. I grew up right outside of New York City and always a Yankee fan, played baseball, wanted to be a shortstop. And then I went through a period of being a kid that I didn't really know what I wanted to be. You know, I was one of those guys. And then when I got later in college, I wanted to be an ad man, one of the guys in New York City, you know, <clears throat> that you see drinking the martinis, walking around with the suits in the briefcase. So I, I, it was a toss up between a shortstop or an ad guy. So right. I'm, a marketing, I'm a marketing developer. So I, I, I came kind of close. <laughs> a marketing developer is really interesting because it's funny. I was in Arizona a couple of weeks ago hanging out with Rich Thurman, who's our Infusionsoft consultant. And we were sure. saying that, like we reckon the most valuable person in the whole ecosystem at the moment is a developer who understands marketing or a marketer with some development chops. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if, if, if what you're doing doesn't achieve results and there isn't goals attached to it, then I, I always like pose the question to clients and other people I'm working with, why are we doing it? Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm a, a marketer by degree and by profession that fell into the development arena. 
yeah, you know, yeah. so here at Marketing Press, I'm sort of the marketing guy that can develop. Yeah. Although my team would probably argue with you because <laughs> I am by far the worst developer on the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Me but, too. But, but but they're lousy marketers, so we're. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Um, so when did you discover the internet? When did you first discover the web and think, oh, hang on, there's something in this. I think I'm going to have a crack at this. Yeah, so I discovered it early on in about 19, so it wasn't even the web, it was like dial-up BBSs, we were yeah, all yeah. messing around, and it was like, maybe it was like the mid-80s, you know, like 83, 84, when we were just dialing into other systems, and you know, chat rooms, pre-CompuServe, and then the CompuServe, and the Prodigies all came out, so I was into it a little bit there, you know, uh, also exploring my amateur baseball career, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is was a joke, but anyway, but I was exploring it there, and then... You know, when the boom started happening in the, you know, late 90s and uh, early 2000s, or maybe even before that, when when the web was accessible to everybody and it was more than just a little confined system, then I started kind of poking around on it and, you know, seeing wh- where is this taking us? What can we do with it? Mm. The, the graphical browser <laughs> and the hyperlink changed everything didn't it yeah absolutely and once you were yeah once you were able to reference one page from another page or from text and you know there were some graphics albeit terrible graphics yeah you know behind things and you were able to exchange images and you know uh i guess the inception of jpeg you know all that started that really changed everything the game for everybody yeah it's funny how like the hyperlink change so much fundamentally and it's funny how today as marketers we still measure so much by how many people click on a hyperlink yeah absolutely it is kind of funny i've never really thought of it like that but it is one of those metrics that you know we measure clicks we measure visitors and you know visitors are just clicks you know in a different manner and we measure all of that stuff to make sure that we're going down the track the right way it's funny, um, I've, I've, I'm just Googling here uh, who invented the hyperlink because I know that there's you know, a lot of talk about Tim Berners-Lee kind of being the father of the internet, but I'm really curious as to who the first person was that actually programmed the very first hyperlink. I think we should find That's that out. And I'll, I'll do some research and find that out, and I'll, I might even try and get him <laughs> on the podcast. Well, it's easy. Yeah, that'd Tim, be interesting. That'd be good. Tim Berners-Lee saw the possibility of using hyperlinks to link any information, but it still doesn't say that he invented it. I'm going to try and find out who invented the hyperlink because I want to thank that person. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I want to shake that man's hand. Exactly. <laughs> All right. When did, you, when did you discover WordPress? Remember the first time you saw the WordPress dashboard? Yeah, I do. It was about 2006. I had a friend who started a blog, uh, a skateboarding blog here in the States, and uh, he asked me to write a post. You know, and that was the first time I got a username, I got a login, I clicked on it and I was in the back end, you know, writing away. You know, my I was I was able to share my experience and that's what kind of drew me to it, you know, to WordPress, you know, being one of the, the, the platform where I was able to have a voice and share my experience with whoever wanted to to read it. You know, maybe only five people, my mother included, read that article. But at the same time, the opportunity of it of many, many people to read it was there, and I was hooked. I was hooked from that point on. What was it? What was it about it that hooked you in? I, I think the ease of use. You know, as clumsy as it was back then. I mean, and it, it was clumsy, of course. And I think that you know, we're talking. I guess that's like two point one, two point oh. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, like it was clumsy, and it, but it was able. I was able to, again, I was able to share what I was thinking, you know, through the written word, 
in an easy manner in a in my own home or my office at the time without you know having any great barrier to entry mm. you know all i needed was a username and a password mm. and i i could write whatever i wanted to mm. you know and that's what really drew me to you know the, the whole you know the blogging side of things and the content side of things yeah it might have been clumsy but you know uh, uh, you know like yeah. i've had this conversation with so many people on this podcast you know in comparison to something like Joomla or Drupal or whatever it was back then, uh, it, worked. it was a dream. Like you could actually yeah, it was do a it. Dream. You know? <laughs> you could sure. Start. I mean, if you could, at that point, if you could, you know, fire up a computer and use MS Word or, you know, any of that stuff, I mean, you could pretty much write a post. And, and to, to, you know, to be fair, it's still like that. You know, if you're able to operate Word or any other type of, you know, uh, writing software, you're able to write and have a voice in WordPress. So I love the simplicity of it. But then I also love how, you know, when you get down to it, you can do anything you want with it and it can be as complex as you want it to be. Mm. So it's kind of, it's a kind of a, a two headed monster there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you describe what you do in one sentence today when you meet people for the first time and they say, Hey Greg, what do you do? What's your elevator pitch, so to speak? So I always say that, you know, marketing press executes goal oriented web development and marketing strategies. Try to keep it really short and sweet. I don't, you know, our typical, you know, our clients are our small businesses or that middle, middle level VP of marketing, you know, for smaller mid-sized companies. But I try to keep it short and sweet. You know, we, we execute goal oriented, you know, web dev and marketing. I, I don't say that we do. I used to say we did a lot of, you know, goal oriented WordPress development, but then I found out that the clients don't really care. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> they don't care, care what platform we're executing a strategy on That's they right. just want whatever we're doing to work and work well for their business yeah shock horror that nobody actually cares <laughs> what to, yeah, what yeah exactly yeah yeah and, and as wordpress you know evolves you know less and gains market share of course we can't ignore that fact mm. that you know less and less people you know have objections about the wordpress platform mm. nice um what do you spend most of your time actually doing day to day um, so day to day, as my business grows, I spend a lot of time managing projects, uh, front facing clients. Uh, I do a lot of uh, public speaking. I do a lot of uh, business development, and then you know uh, half of my you know half of my week is also revolving around you know writing code and working on WordPress stuff. You know, uh, so it's probably it's just about 60, 40, 50, 50, depending on the week. But it's either business development and you know brand positioning, or it is actually working with clients on sites. We're going to talk a little bit more about biz dev and your public speaking and content creation uh, in a little while. Uh, but before we get to that, I'm always curious, uh, you know, as entrepreneurs building a business, uh, very rarely do things go to plan. So I'm curious, what's the one thing that keeps you awake at night? So that's kind of a, a I have two answers to that. So professionally, scaling always keeps me awake at night. And I'm sure that I'm not the only person who sat here and said that to you. You know, how do we scale in a consistent manner? Mm. So and when I say consistent, you know, how do we provide the same experience as a four-person team, as an eight-person team? You know, the one thing I always want with my brand is to be, and with Marketing Press, is for the experience to be consistent no matter who they encounter throughout the company. Mm. And, and that's, that's one of the things that keeps you awake at night because a lot of times there are really, really good 
developers out there that I would not put in front of a client. Yeah. And you have to know that and you have to know where everybody fits in. On, on the flip side of things, personally, you know, what keeps me awake at night is thinking about my legacy, you know, and not so much to the WordPress world or, or the WordPress community, more of my legacy to the world we live in and how am I contributing in a positive manner and how will, you know, I and the things that we've done be remembered. So Nice. I like it. I haven't had many people talk about the personal stuff that keeps them awake at night and yeah. you know, sort of meditating on that legacy stuff. It's nice to kind of get yeah, to know a little so- bit about the people behind the business, you know? Yeah, totally. You know, what we talk about as entrepreneurs and developers and small businesses or freelancers, all this, we talk about the work-life balance and the struggle. You know, and I think that we spend a lot, a lot of time talking about the work mm. that sometimes maybe we need to discuss the life a little bit more mm. and how, you know, uh, things like that keep me awake. You know, how am I spending time, quality time with my family? Mm. You know, are, you know, am I doing enough of, of that stuff too? So, I mean, that's all the stuff that, you know, with the work-life balance, that's super important because honestly, without that and without, and I'm not good, I'm not perfect right so i'll put that out there right now because my fiance is listening she's gonna be the first one to pull the car over and give me and and elbow me right so i'm not perfect at that but every day we just try to be a little bit better because without a good work-life balance your work will suffer yeah yeah you can't you can't go 20 hours yeah a day you know chris lemma a a friend of ours you know in the community you know he did his talk on the imposter syndrome Mm. and one of the things that always stuck with me is you know when he starts talking about we wear a 18 hour work day like a badge of honor Mm. and it doesn't need to be like that Mm. so those are some of the things that run through my mind yeah Good quote. Um, yes, Chris Lemmer, for those that have been living under a rock for the last three years, check out chrislemmer.com. He's got lots of good things to say. Um, you owe me a beer, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, just touching on that work-life balance, what do you do when you're not working? How do you, how do you stay balanced? So I, uh, I try to spend as much time with my fiancé and my dog going hiking here in the mountains in Arizona and whatnot. Uh, also, I play music. I play guitar. Oh, and on, cool. on the weekends, I play in, a, in an adult soccer league. So I'll get out there and, you know, take the pitch with my friends and we'll go out there and hang out and blow some steam. And, you know, it it really helps. You know, I'm also, you know, I've gotten back into fitness in in the last uh, seven, eight months. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when I'm not working, you know, it's not odd for me to take off, you know, for an hour during the day and go for a run, come back to the office and start going at it again. Yeah. It's really good for your headspace, isn't it? Going for a run. Yeah, it clears my mind. You know, you know, as... As a business owner, as a developer, anyone who has to uh, solve problems creatively, it's been one of the best tools I've ever used to solve my problem. Mm. You know, every once in a while you'll develop something and you'll just hit hit a wall and you won't know why is this not working? This should work. Everything says this should work, but it's not working. And it's amazing. I go out and I'll take a run or I'll do something like that. Just get away from it, come back. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, this is why it's not working. Yeah, Instead yeah. of spending that hour frustrated, you know, swearing or, or doing whatever, you know, now you're just out there clearing your head. That's you know, it. Thinking about nothing else. So, a little bit so of, yeah, those, those are important things. A little bit of distance from the problem actually gives you a bit of clarity, doesn't it? Absolutely. And, you know, honestly, that goes back to the, uh, oh, there you go. Nice. <laughs> that goes back to the work-life balance also. 
I've got this thing in my office all the time because when I'm like waiting for podcasts to upload or webinars to upload, I'm, for those of you who are not watching the video, I'm holding my Gibson yep. guitar right now. Les Paul, there you go. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah a, it's, a, it's actually called the Paul. And it, it, this, this is a model that comes off. It's called the Paul. It's a Les Paul without all the fancy stuff on it. So this oh, is no. a Les Paul as it comes off the production line before they put the scratch plate on it, before they put the inlays in, just a bare bones uh, Les Paul. And nice. I love it, man. It's like while I'm waiting for podcast to upload, I just turn around, pick up the guitar, play some tunes, learn some new stuff. And it engages a different part of the brain as well. Absolutely. So in my office down the hallway, I'm in my conference room right now. I have a guitar right in back of me also. And the thing is, is like, again, you know, it, I can step away, strum a couple chords for two minutes, yeah. you know, and come back and just say, all right, I'm recharged. Yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah, that's very, very cool. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. I love it. We should have a WordPress jam one day. There's lots of musos Absolutely. in the WordPress space, Absolutely. man. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. As I've heard your podcast, I, I've heard more and more about people, you know, wanting to play uh, music. And maybe, maybe at Pressonomics here when we're all in Tempe, yeah. we'd come down to my office, which is right down the street. And uh, I'll get some instruments and we'll figure it out. Sounds awesome. I'm, you know, I'm not sure that I'm going to make it to Pressnomics next year. Oh, okay. uh, but if I don't and that happens, please shoot some video or photo and send it over to me. That'd be awesome. Or Skype me Absolutely. in. You can Skype Absolutely. me in and I'll join in. There you go. That's right. You and the Paul can join in. <laughs> um, if you could wave a magic wand and fix one thing in marketing press right now, what would it be? I think it would be, uh, again, the scaling challenges that we face that, you know, as the brand matures and as we go on and we take on more and more custom projects and more and more, you know, uh, difficult projects, I want to make sure that we are, you know, scaling at a rate that's controllable. That, so I, I'm a firm believer in slow controlled growth, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I've experienced the other side of that from other businesses I've been a part of, you know, all of a sudden, you know, I worked at a startup here in uh, Arizona. We went from four people to 60 people in a matter of three months, wow. you know, and it was one of those things that it was just, it was out of control. Yeah. So I'm always cautious of that. So slow controlled growth. So scaling is always on my mind. The number one, you know, the number one thing. Awesome. So let's, let's dive a little bit deeper into marketing press. The, the thing that appeals, the thing that I like about what you're doing here is, you, you know, it, it says kind of WordPress in the name, but you've niched, you've kind of niched away from being a general kind of WordPress developer. And the very, the brand, the name, everything you stand for is, I believe, designed to attract the right kind of client and repel the wrong kind of client. Has that been a conscious decision that you've made or is that something that just it happened organically? Uh, so, so it's a mixture of everything actually, because so marketing press is actually a pivot. I was, I was part of a, another company, you know, when I first started my business, it was, it would have been six years ago, uh, with another gentleman and we were doing it. We were a content agency. And what happened was we were producing all of this content from all of our freelancers and everyone that was really, really top notch. And we're, but we would publish it on these lousy platforms and on these lousy sites. So as that partnership sort of dissolved, as we saw things differently, as so often businesses do, I made a decision to say, I'm going to take my marketing skills and my marketing background and everything I love about content and marketing, and I'm going to build the platform that has a chance of succeeding for the client versus, you know, just going there and throwing it on, you know, a site that maybe the business owner's wife's brother made, you know, something like that. Yeah. So I wanted to really do that. So we've always been, you know, marketing press and we're, we're goal oriented hundred percent. So unless a client can tell us 
So I always use this cliche, and I, 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 I probably use it to death, that nobody wakes up in the morning and says, today's a great day to get a new website. <laughs> you know, nobody says that. And if you're the person that says that, you need to go and get your head checked. Because <laughs> it's, it's really, it's a process. And sometimes it's a difficult process, and it's a learning process, and you really learn a lot about yourself and your business and what you stand for and who you are. But if, if I can't sit in front of a client and have them kind of articulate why are we doing this? What are the goals for this? What's the goal for this? You know, how, what type of conversion are we trying to get? You know, and we'll coach them into, I, I don't expect them to come to me with those answers. We'll coach them into that. Mm -hmm. Then we know, like, okay, this client is really, really right for us. And we have a great chance of succeeding with this client. And anybody else who can't articulate that, you know, we turn away. And, and we turn away, we refer them to somebody else, and we say, you know, I don't think that we're right to help you, but perhaps person, you know, company XYZ down the road could help you better than we can. Yeah, Chris Lemmer, for example. <laughs> yeah, yeah, somebody <laughs> like that. Maybe they need more of a coaching. Yeah. You know, they need more of a coach, or, you know, they need more hand-holding throughout the process than what we're able to give. How do you, this is a really interesting, because I agree 100% with everything you're <clears> saying, and I know that... Uh, WP Elevation members probably think that I've sent you a script in advance because we're singing from the <laughs> we're singing from the same hymn book. But one of the questions that I get all the time is, how do you turn down business when you need to eat? You know what? So I learned very very early on in both the company I was a part of and Marketing Press that unless you do turn down the business, you're gonna you're in for a miserable time. And what happens is you're in for a miserable time because this client is the wrong for you and the project is wrong for you. They're going to run you ragged and you're not going to be prepared to say yes to something that's right that's going to come along. So what I always say is you just have to have, you know, you have to have the conviction that you know exactly who your client is and how you can help them. And if you know that, then it gets easier and easier to say no to the wrong business. I'm a big believer in how powerful and how uh, liberating the word no is to the to to some business and uh, but it takes a, a huge amount of courage and guts you know as an entrepreneur to say no when the bank balance says mm. yes you should mm. you know and it's it's one of those things and, and I've wrestled with it before and I'm not perfect at it you mm. know uh, marketing press sometimes we still accept clients that kind of sneak past us. Yeah. You know, everything seems good and then they end up being the crazy girlfriend, yeah. you know, that is, you know, hanging outside your door, you know, at 2 a.m. or something like that. And it looks like that's not what we want. We want, you know, we only want to have clients that, you know, that are A, fun. I didn't start this business not to have fun and be yeah, miserable. Totally. You know? Yeah. And also I want to have clients that we can help succeed. Yeah. And some people, you know, you, know, you can't help everybody. That's right. And, uh, and uh, so I think just having the stones and the wherewithal to say no, you know, is, is probably one of the greatest lessons I've ever learned. And I've learned the hard way. Yeah. You know, like everybody else. Yeah. And that's the only way you really learn that lesson. Yeah. yeah. You know, you, you can listen to me say that or you say that or, you know, any of the, the pundits out there say that. But until you actually experience it. Yeah. You know, you're not going to practice that. Because there's because when you when you when you take on a client that isn't 100 percent a right fit. There's a little part inside of you that kind of feels a bit icky about it the whole time, and you just push that aside because you need the money and you want you want the job, right? You put yeah. and you, you convince yeah. yourself it'll be good for the portfolio. You convince yourself that it'll be good for referrals. You convince yourself that they'll come around and see things your way, but the whole time yeah. something's not quite right. Yeah. 
yeah. you get to the end of the project and you think, man, this is just, I haven't made any profit on this because it's taken so freaking long because the client's been so painful because I should have said no. Yeah, and you get resentful. And, yeah. and the other thing is, you know, with marketing press, you know, we have a saying like, if we, can't, if we can make things better, why wouldn't we, mm. right? So if we see things a certain way, and let's say it's gonna take us an extra hour to just to fix something because it's gonna be that much better for the client, yeah. we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it, we're gonna explain it later. You know, and that doesn't happen when you're resentful at a project. Mm. And by saying yes to the wrong ones, you don't go that extra mile. You know, you're doing your, your brand a disservice. Yeah. Because at the end of the at the end of the day and at the end of, you know, getting back to the legacy thing, right? At the end my name and my company's name and our team's name is on everything that we do. So why wouldn't we want to be proud of every single thing that we put out there? Mm. And I don't think that you can truly be proud of things that you're not, you know, meant to be doing. Yeah. Totally. Um, the other thing that occurs to me is that the clients that feel right and the clients that are a good fit, they're generally the clients that are the most profitable. They're, and the, you, you just hit the nail on the head. You don't want to work with clients that you actually can't help, right? The clients right. that you have a big, the clients that you have the biggest impact on are generally the clients that will pay you a premium for your service and will refer other good quality clients to you yeah. because you've had a great impact and they just love you for it. Yeah, absolutely. So we have a saying here in Marketing Press. I don't, we never want to take on a client that we can't go out and have a beer with in the pub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And then yeah. that's just what we say. Like if I don't want to go out and spend some time with them outside of work and talk to them about, you know, different sports that are happening or, you know, let them in on our my personal life, you know, or a little bit here and there. You know, like I, I don't, they're not right for us. Because again, I didn't start this company to attract clients, right? I started this company to have a better life, you know, for me, my family and people around us and to help people. And like, I really, unless you're working with the right people, you know, I don't think that you can affect change as much as you think you can. When did you, um, ha, you know, how do you, starting a company and being, working for yourself and having your own business is very challenging. How do you keep going? Like, how do you not just chuck it in and go get a job? <laughs> uh, so, so that's a great question. I've never been asked that. But, <laughs> you, you know, I think that what it is, is you have to take, you have to be honest with yourself and you have to surround yourself with good collaborators and you have to surround yourself with good people who are in the same situation as you are. There are certain things that, you know, that are going on in my business that I can only share with a select amount of people, you know, and those people being entrepreneurs, right? If I were to share them with somebody who lives down the street from me working a nine to five, they would think I was nuts mm. for doing what I do. Mm. So I think that, and the, big, the other thing that I'm, I'm big on is small victories, right? You just always want, you want to launch a good project, and you want to ship off and, you know, you do that, you got one victory, you move on to the next one. And you just take all these little successes mm. and you let them build and build and build. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're, you're five years later down the road, like marketing presses, looking back and saying, holy smoke, mm. here we are. And yeah, I think yeah. that if we just take it day by day, project by project, and we just keep looking for little victories, which amount to... You, you know, end up being the, uh, some of a, a big victory. And also yeah. relationships, too. I mean, we've had some great relationships with some really great people in the WordPress community, in the entrepreneurship community, in the venture world, you know, and like those are the things that really keep you going. Yeah. Awesome. Do you think it <clears throat> takes, um, do you think it takes a special kind of person to be in business for themselves and to be an entrepreneur? Like, do you think there's a mindset thing that, 
Like there's there's kind of yeah. like a dogged determination to like never give up, yeah. No matter how yeah. hard things get. Yeah, I totally do. I think that you know, uh, I think you have to be a little crazy. You have yeah. to be a little. You, you know, I, I don't know if I was as crazy as I was naive <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to certain things. You know, because I always say like every once in a while, like, wow, if I knew this three years ago, yeah. I probably would have never done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have seemed so hard and so daunting. Yeah. You know that I would have never done it. So I think you have to have a little bit of that. And, you know, I think that you do have to be a totally different person. Some people are content with going to work, punching the clock, you know, getting what somebody else gives them. Mm. And other people are not. Mm. And there's there's nothing to matter with that. If, you know, my mom's a school teacher, mm. you know, my stepfather works construction. And that's like what they wanted to do. Mm. They weren't this, you know, entrepreneur thing. Mm. I was sort of forced into entrepreneurship because I kept getting fired from all these agencies <laughs> I worked for. Believe it or not, I, w- I did. Yeah. <clears throat> I always say I'm highly unemployable. Yeah. But because what happened, I was the square peg in the round hole yeah. trying to do things differently. Yeah. And it was the same thing with Marketing Press. We launched something that was different from how everybody else was doing things. You know, everybody is talking about the pretty and the theme and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. Mm. We're talking about the data and the goal. Mm. And, you know, we, we use data-driven decisions to make all of our development decisions mm. and, you know, kind of going against the grain f- from that stuff. And that's what sets, you know, I think entrepreneurs apart from somebody who just wants to punch a clock. Seth Godin says that um, one of the things about, you know, Seth Godin talks about the, the map, like the, you know, if you're, if you're an entrepreneur, don't expect someone to give you a map and show you where the treasure is. There is no right. map. You have to, you have, you're the one that has to draw the map every day. And I think one of the scary things about being an entrepreneur is when you go to work, no one tells you what your to-do list is. You have to kind of invent yeah. it every day, yeah? So, yeah, absolutely. So how do, you, how do you know on any given day, how do you know what the most important thing is for you to be doing in that moment? Uh, that's another great question. I think that, uh, of course, everything that we do, you know, has priorities based upon where we are in the development stages of projects. And then there are other things that I've gotten in a really disciplined manner to do revenue generating activities between eight and five. Mm. Right. There's tons of hours in a day. You know, mm. I get up early. I go for a run. I do what I'm going to do. And there's times to do non-revenue generating activities. Yeah. Now, non-revenue generating activities to me are things like, are things that are long plays for the business that will eventually play off, such as content for myself, for our company. I'm a, I'm a big content producer still, mm-hmm. blog two, three times a week. You know, we have a, our own video podcast we produce and we put out once a week. We make sure that that's all taken care of, but that's all done after the client window kind of closes. I mm. think there's only a, a limited number of hours in a day when you can be client facing. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if, if you're facing clients and dealing with problems at 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, mm. you know, as long as that's an, not the norm, that's an exemption, there's something wrong mm. in your business. So I think that what we do is we just try to do the next best thing that's right in front of us. Mm. You know, and, and, you know, we use Basecamp to organize our projects. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I'm still a pad and paper kind of guy. I have a notebook that I write in every day of what I need to do. And there's something still satisfying to me to put an X in my checkbox mm. and to make sure that it's done. Mm. Awesome. You touched on a couple of points that I want to talk about. I want to talk about um, content and public speaking. But first of all, I want to talk about your portfolio because you get a couple of, you got, uh, there's a couple of really big items and brands on your portfolio. The two that stand out is Jay Bear and Convince and Convert. Tell me how, so for those that don't know, just go check out convinceandconvert.com and jbear.com, B-A-E-R.com. How did that relationship come about? 
So that, that came about. So Jay is uh, originally from Arizona, and he had offices here in Tempe before moving to uh, Flagstaff, and then actually before he moved to Indiana in the central part of our country right now in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. And it, it came out, uh, it was a referral from uh, a team that I collaborated with in San Francisco quite a bit, uh, Chuck Reynolds and Jonathan Crisati of Ver, mm-hmm. and they pointed Jay my way and they just said, and you know, I had known Jay, you know, casually from different events here and there. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we met, we started talking about the project and I met with his team and I met with everybody, it just clicked. It was just one of those things where it was like, you know, again, it was one of those projects and clients that when you sit down, you can say, okay, I see the vision for where you're trying to go. Now let me help you get there. So let me throw out some ideas. And, you know, the whole Convince and Convert team, to be fair to everybody, because it's more than just Jay, right? So everybody was very receptive to all the suggestions and all the ideas and very respectful to our backgrounds and where we come from and exactly how we can help make things better. So it's been an awesome collaboration thus far. Awesome. And, um, and, and so, and cause Jay speaks a lot and they put out, you know, and, and content marketing Institute rank the convince and convert blog is the number one content marketing blog in the world. And he runs webinars. And how did you, how did you kind of pull everything that they were doing together into a kind of coherent strategy or maybe you're still doing that maybe you haven't quite worked that out yet well you know so so i think that um part of it is is they understand our mindset that perfection is the enemy of progress Mm. right so what we always want to do with everything we do for all clients you know is move the needle Mm. we want to move the needle from where they are Mm. and we'll always go back and iterate you know, somebody said, and I don't remember who it is, and I've been using this quote a lot lately, so I should really look it up, that if you're not embarrassed of the first product you put out, you waited too long. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, so they're not afraid to do that. And when we met with them, you know, they had a very clear strategy as to what they wanted to do. They came to us with a design, and then they said, is this doable? <laughs> right? And we said, yeah. It's doable. Let's figure out how we're going to do it. So we use a lot of custom post types when revolving around their podcasts and uh, the Social Pros podcast. And we use a lot of custom post types when it comes to the blog. And, uh, you know, it's built on Genesis. Mm-hmm. So it's built on Genesis with a starter theme that uh, uh, me and my lead developer, Jeremy Scott, came up with called Chapter One. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of our starter child theme. And we've just been able to scale it out from there. But Without, so I'm one person, my team is a super talented team. Without a super talented client, like what they brought to the table, we wouldn't have had such a great collaboration to make that site what it is. So it was, it's a team effort, absolutely. Mm. Nice, I like it. Um, I'm gonna put a link to it in the show notes because I think it's a really, I think it's a beautiful site and uh, I, I can you. see, uh, you know, I can see the strategy behind it. I'm also going to put a link to your portfolio because I really like the, I really like some of the stuff that you've got in your portfolio. I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes, and those show notes for those listening will be at wpelevation.com/slash/greg-taylor, or one word, all lowercase. Um, tell me about public speaking. I, I speak to I talk to a lot of people who understand the importance of speaking in front of large groups of people from a lead generation point of view, but they just cannot get out of their own way long enough to do it. Any any ideas or any advice for people who want to public speak but are just terrified? Yeah, you know, other than giving the advice of just do it, you know, I think that if you start small, I didn't start speaking, you know, at large events. You know, I started out at uh, WordPress meetups where there's maybe 20 people 
And, and they're all 20 people that you know, which is actually scarier than speaking to 200 strangers sometimes. You know, <clears throat> I spoke on, and I just did it as often as I possibly could. And I've had some presentations that were great. I've had some presentations that were bombs, right? You never know until you put things out there and you, how the audience is gonna receive things. So uh, I think that if you, you know, aspire to be a public speaker and you aspire to do it, you know, just, just go for it, start small. Another way to do things is uh, if somebody will have you on their show, such as this, you know, you can start with podcasts because this is just an informal way of public speaking if you think about it, right? Yep. So if I were to think about the tens of thousands of people or hundreds of thousands of people to who are gonna listen to this, you know, that might be a little nerve wracking. Hmm. But you and I having a conversation here or you know, maybe a, a small room full of people, that's a whole different situation. Hmm. So I just, you know, I just, uh, the other thing I did, which actually nobody really mentions is I, I took an improv class uh -huh. <clears throat> and I took an improv class just to kind of uh, get used to talking about things that I don't really know about in front of other people. Yeah. And if you want to, you want to really dial in and hone your craft, talk about something you don't know in front of people. And then when you do go in front of people and you talk about something that you do know about, you're going to feel that much more confident. So that, yeah. was, that was a tool that had helped me. And I have a writer, uh, a writer friend, Brian LaPan here in Arizona, and he was a big proponent of go, 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 take an improv class. You'll be so much better. You know, and I was like, oh, you're, you're crazy, you're crazy. But then I did it and it has really, really helped. Yep, I agree wholeheartedly, man. <clears throat> Any kind of performance training or acting classes, improv classes like that, Toastmasters, whatever it is, all that sure. stuff, uh, all that stuff helps. Tell me about content because one of the struggles with creating content is when you, so the question is, how do you keep creating content when some of, and we all, we all produce content that no one engages with, right? So every now and then right. you produce a piece of content and you hear crickets. You don't get comments on every piece of content. You don't set the world on fire with every piece of content you produce. How do you keep going? How do you play the long game when you don't yeah. get that instant gratification? I think that you have to, uh, you, first of all, you have to take creating content seriously, right? So for us to, you know, when we do our blog posts, you know, I, I schedule that as an activity. You know, I do it typically about 7.15 in the morning, but that's an activity that's scheduled for me. And I give it the respect that it deserves. Just like I, you know, I give any client meeting the respect that it deserves. So I show up and I show up prepared for it. The other thing is, is that I think that all, the, the biggest mindset is, is you need to go out there and produce content and stay detached from the results. Mm. Because you're going to have some gems. You're going to have some bombs. And, and it's amazing. The, the the pieces of content that I write that I'm most proud of, and I think that, um, oh, this is gonna, this is this, this is the, this is my evergreen piece of content. This is the the one, it bombs in analytics. <clears throat> and then I'll throw some kind of quip out there, you know, quick, you know, maybe 250, 350 words, and people love it. So, it, as much as I know my audience, and you know, other entrepreneurs and freelancers know their audience, you don't know what the results are going to be. You can sort of have a feeling, but I think that it, it's something that you just need to stick with mm. in, until you start to see the benefits of it. Yeah, it's good. It's great advice. And it's funny, I've heard so many people say that, that the, the piece that they think is going to rock the world, no one cares about. Doesn't, and then yeah, something they just, cares. some throwaway comment goes viral. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so weird like that. And you can't, you can't predict that. Um, 
All right, we should probably do the elevation round, I guess, our lightning round, which is, uh, for those that don't know, WP Elevation's a business accelerator program, a global mastermind of WordPress consultants to help you build a WordPress consulting business. So I'm going to ask Greg a series of quick questions about consulting and freelancing, and hopefully Greg's going to blow us away with some quick answers off the top of your head. Let's Sound good? All right. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> What's the number one thing any freelancer or consultant needs to know? They need to understand their value and how to charge for it accordingly. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, what's the best thing you've ever done to find new customers? So the best thing I've ever done to find new customers is not be a, an egomaniac or a jerk. You know, when I'm in front of people and to do really good work. You know, there's so many people who do really good work, but they're just dicks and you don't want to deal with them. So <laughs> if you're just, if you're nice to people, you know, if you do good work, you treat people well, and you're yourself, I think that work will find you. Do good work and don't be a dick. <laughs> yeah. <that's, laughs> Pretty much. Uh, yeah. uh, we're going to do a Marketing Press TV video on not, not being a dick. <laughs> we, <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, what's the, uh, how do you stop competing on price? Because you've got your prices listed on your website, right? So, and, and that's a new thing for us. Yeah. That's actually a Which new I thing. love. I just think it's fantastic. I mean, and, you know, and you're not at the bottom end of the market. You know, you've kind of gone, mm -hmm. well, this is where we're at. Mm -hmm. And if this is too much for you, well, so, you know, sorry, so be it. How do you do that? How do you stop it, competing on price? I think just by doing good work. By doing good work and by demonstrating your value on what you bring to the table. And the reason that we have our prices on the website is because I was tired of speaking to people and taking meetings for my team and then have them say, get sticker shock, realize like, wow, it's that much money to do this. Yeah. So now if, if our prices, which are not astronomical, you know, we're in the middle of the road, yep. but at the same time, it's like, if, if these aren't in your budget, yep. we're not for you. Yep. Perfect. It, it, it's a pre, it's a qualification thing. Yep. I love it. Uh, any tips on, because the thing is most people won't do that because they're afraid they'll lose work. But what they don't understand is the work you will lose is not worth taking on in the first place. It goes back to the saying no, how liberating yeah. and powerful saying no actually is to your business. Yeah. Um, any tips on writing better proposals? So I use BidSketch ah, yeah. and I've been able to productize, not productize, I've been able to uh, have a process around my proposal. And I have templates for about four different types of work that we see. So I'm able to do that. And I make sure that we lock down a tight scope for what we're, what we're going to do and the timeline we're going to produce it. Awesome. Uh, do you have a favorite tool for CRM? Yeah, I, I'm still an email and a phone guy. I just, you know, I have things cataloged and filtered in Gmail. Uh, I do use Harvest. You know, that's my accounting software, but I do use that. The CRM part of that for some things. Cool. Harvest. Okay. Uh, so email and harvest. I like it. And uh, yeah. what's the best way to keep a project and a client on track? By clearly communicating the expectations and both by both on both sides of the table that I will deliver this to you as long as I have that from your team, you know, and, and by collaboration. Yeah. So what we do is we have everything in base camp. We're transparent. We have both yep. sides open to the to the client. They can see the discussions and understand why it's important for us to receive what they mm -hmm. promise us. So I think clear and concise communication on where you are yep. and what you need. Awesome. Uh, any ideas for getting referrals from existing clients? Do good work and ask for them. Yeah. I mean, so many people are afraid to ask. You know, you, you have your number one client who's singing your praises. You know, why not ask them, you know, 
can you know do you know anybody else like yourself that we can help because first of all if you've done good work for him and he's a lot and it's a person that you're comfortable in asking you know he's probably going to know people who are a lot like him mm. who are, will be a good fit for your company mm. so don't be afraid to ask yeah i like it and final question in the elevation round is what's the number one thing you can do to differentiate yourself i think just by <clears throat> i think by uh, let people know who you are let people let your brand and have a personality make sure that you're in front of people in an open honest transparent way and just keep doing good work just produce good it's amazing how much how many business problems are solved by producing good work yeah you're right right <laughs> i mean i mean just think about how much we touched on it the, the pricing you know the referrals you know everything so yep you're totally right, man. I absolutely agree. Um, and the thing is, I just want to say this, because a lot of WordPress consultants or freelancers aren't strong developers. Doing good right. work doesn't mean, you know, getting into GitHub and using the latest CSS preprocessor and being a geeky nerd. If that's not what you do, then do good work in helping your clients solve business problems and contract out the hardcore development work to someone who's really good at that. Yeah, I have a, you know, I learned early on in my career from a, uh, uh, somebody who was a CFO of a big bank here in the States. And he said, the secret to success is find the, the best people to work with and pay them accordingly. Yeah. And that's exactly what we do. Our team yeah. is compensated in a way that they're happy with and they're the best people who are available, you know, who want to work with us. Yep. So it's amazing. Like, you know, I can't take credit for everything that's in the marketing press portfolio. Yep. I wish that I would, but it's a lot of sweat, you know, blood, sweat and tears. So I'm Jeremy, Mike and Kevin. You know, and myself going in there, and it, it takes a you know it, it takes a true collaboration to make something great. Yep, absolutely, all good advice. Hey man, um, what's uh, what's the future for Marketing Press? Where do you guys? Where do you imagine you'll be in twelve months' time? So I think we're just going to concentrate on again that slow control growth. You know, we just added a new team member the other day, and uh, we're going to start working more and more on custom sites uh, like the marketing podcasts dot com site which we built and just different different things that we can different problems we can solve with wordpress and um what the future for me is i want to get the best people and so i want to surround myself with the best people and get out of their way nice. <laughs> i want to let them do what they do and you know i want to be able to let have them give me a platform so that i can do what i do nice and i think that that's one of the things that you know will make marketing press successful down the road so you you guys built the marketingpodcast.com website? Yes. Ah, yeah. cool. We built, we built marketingpodcasts.com in a collaboration with Jay Bear and Convince and Convert team. Gotcha. I've and, just uh, discovered it like in the last few days. I've just literally discovered it, and I think it's awesome. Yeah. So it's it's something that we're working on and refining. You know, again, you know, we put out an MVP to see how the public would receive it, mm -hmm. and it's it's gone over very very well. And what we're doing now, we're just tightening up processes, tightening up code, making sure all of our code is efficient and runs you know flawlessly, and the, the scoring algorithms all work in such a way where you know people want to use it and have it as a valuable business tool. Nice, 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 nice. I like it a lot. Um, I've also just discovered Tap Influence. I'm getting lost yep. in the matrix here. I need to pull out. Absolutely. <laughs> um, what, just before we wrap up, what is the number one piece of advice you would give any entrepreneur trying to build their own business? I, I think just, again, be comfortable with, with your value. Understand what you bring to the table. Charge accordingly. And don't be afraid to say no. Mm, that's really good advice, man. I wish someone had told me that eight years ago when I first started out. Where, oh, can, people, where, can, where can people reach out and say thanks, man? 
Yeah, so you definitely visit the marketingpress.com site. Mm-hmm. And me personally, you can reach out to me on Twitter. And uh, my handle is at grtaylor2, and that's the number two. So I'd be happy to answer any questions or keep talking to people. Cool, sweet. Finally, who would you like me to interview on the podcast and why? I think I'd like you to interview Brad Williams if he hasn't been on the podcast yet. Brad Williams from Web Dev Studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super guy. I find Brad, Brian, and I know Lisa's been on your show, but I find Brad and Brian to be brilliant developers. And I think that what I respect the most about them is they're taking WordPress to the bleeding edge. And uh, it's really, really important for our community to see people who are trailblazers like that, who are taking things to the bleeding edge and seeing, you know, showing everybody else exactly what WordPress can do. Uh, I'll be honest with you, without seeing some of the things that Brad, Brian, and and Lisa's team have done in Web Dev Studios, I don't think we would have had uh, the courage or the wherewithal to build marketing podcasts on WordPress. Mm. So, you know, thank you guys for doing what you do, but I'd love to hear Brad or Brian. Awesome. All right, Brad or Brian, I'm coming to get you courtesy of Greg Taylor. Keep your eyes on your inbox. Hey, final thing that we haven't talked about is Tipping Point, Malcolm Gladwell. You're giving away a copy of this book and you're going to write in it and sign it, um, even though you didn't write it. But you have met Malcolm Gladwell a couple of times, right? Tell me me about that. I have. Yeah, he was a super cool guy. Uh, You know, I just told him, how the book has kind of influenced my career and, and how much I enjoyed it. And he was super gracious, very, very nice. Uh, he's a New Yorker, much like myself, you know, and uh, it, it was awesome. It was really, really cool. All right. So what do people need to do in order to enter the uh, competition to win this prize? So I think that, you know, every time I'm on a podcast or every time I'm on a show, everybody asks me about quotes to success. I'd love to read what people out there who are watching this video uh, in the comment section. I'd love to see what quotes, what success quotes inspire you. Awesome. All right. You heard it here. Uh, so leave a comment under the video. Tell Greg your success quote, the quote that inspires you, and I'll get Greg to swing by in a couple of weeks and award the prize. Sound good, man? Absolutely. Love awesome. It. Hey, dude, thank you so much for being thank, on the WP Elevation podcast. I really appreciate it. And I wish you all the best for the future of Marketing Press and uh, keep in touch, man. Likewise. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the WP Elevation podcast with Greg Taylor from Marketing Press as much as I enjoyed making it uh, and the time-lapse video, check out underneath this video, uh, the time-lapse video that he made of the episode is just epic. It's awesome. Uh, now, subscribe to the podcast, of course, at wpelevation.com slash subscribe. I should slow that down so you can understand it. wpelevation.com slash subscribe. And we'll make sure you get some access to some free content or a free report or a free webinar when you do. Uh, And also, uh, remember, this episode is brought to you by Video User Manuals, the plugin that puts over 70 video tutorials in your client's WordPress dashboard to teach them how to use WordPress, how to use SEO by Yoast, how to use WooCommerce, and how to use Google Analytics. Rebrand it, rebadge it, call it your own, um, add your own videos to it, turn videos on or off. you know, uh, it's amazing how much you can customize it and how much time it will save you. So there's no need to teach your clients how to use WordPress anymore. This is the original, the best, the only way to teach your clients how to use WordPress. Check it out at wpelevation.com slash VUM. Um, and you can get it for $1 for your first month, which is just ridiculous. Everything about this episode and all the show notes and links will be at wpelevation.com slash Greg Taylor. So make sure you get over there and leave your comment under the video in order to win the prize. Remember, Greg is giving away a copy of The Tipping Point by 
um, Malcolm Gladwell, and he's actually going to write a little note in the front of that book and send it to you from his office. So make sure you leave that comment underneath the video as instructed to enter that prize next week on the podcast. Let me just double check this. I believe next week, if I'm not mistaken, we have none other than, uh, come on, Asana. Here we go. We have Marcus Sheridan, the sales lion. Now, I'll let you in a little secret. I've actually already shot that episode of the podcast, and it is epic. It's very short. Uh, it's a lot shorter than our usual um, episodes because Marcus was on a bit of a time schedule, but he punches so much in. He packs so much content in a short space of time. It's definitely worth checking out. That's next week on the podcast. In the meantime, get over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating, please. It helps us come up in the ratings. Um, check us out on Stitcher Radio at stitcher.net. I hope you're enjoying the podcast as much as we are. I hope your WordPress consulting business is going well. Check us out at wpelevation.com if you want some business coaching and training and come and join the community of WordPress consultants hanging out in our Business Accelerator program and learn how to build a proper, sustainable, profitable business as a WordPress.